Welcome back, people of Earth, to What's Good Radio. I am, as always, your host, Chris Pennant, also known as Jake Stanley, a.k.a. Jumping Spider, the worldwide web slinger, the illest motherfucker alive, the Chicago one until Chicago ends, and your favorite game show winners, game show winner Jeopardy. Jeopardy, come back to me. Come back to me with the notification that I made it, because I'll be really excited if I actually made it on the Jeopardy, but... <laughs> that are thing, those are things for the future. We want to welcome all of you, and we want to welcome our two special guests onto the podcast tonight. Incredibly talented. They are longtime burlesque entertainers, choreographers, filmmakers, nerds, cosplayers, actors, directors, nerds, shit starters, rabble rousers, shit enders, and in case I forgot to mention, nerds. The co founders of Crescent Moon Nerdlesque, we want to welcome to the show Foxy LaFleur and Minnie Barr. Appreciate y'all coming onto the show tonight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're all like, oh, this is not good. I didn't think it. I didn't think it was going to be that good. Also, you know? I hope that you get on Jeopardy as well because I would love to know a Jeopardy contestant. That I've, would be amazing. I've wanted to go on Jeopardy for decades. And now that oh they moved God. the test, you can take it anytime. anytime? Yeah. Really? And I took it and I got the second round callback. And I was talking to my friends. The, the questions on Jeopardy feel a lot easier than when we were kids, and I don't think that's because we know more now. I think they made it easier. You and think that's they not, made it easier? I think they made them, like, I think they lead you to the answer a little bit more. I see. I see a little bit more tricky with the wordplay. Right. Like it's, like, like it's like there's a lot of context clues, and it's like, okay, even if you don't know this, you could probably get it. They'll exactly. throw in a little hint. Mm. But they still have the stuff where it's like, Starts with the letter M, and you're trying to rack your brains for all of these things that start with M or, or yeah. seven letters long. Anyway, hopefully. That's, tough, yeah. That's fingers crossed for you, man. That's so exciting. That would be so cool. My, my sister was almost on Jeopardy um, when she was in college. Oh, and she dude. didn't get on it because she didn't know enough about sports because we're not uh, like a sports family yeah, at all. Yeah. <laughs> sports is also my. I, I go deep with my knowledge, I don't go broad, so I would not be a good Jeopardy contestant. Yeah. Okay, May. What's the what's like the most interesting fact you've learned recently? Oh, the most interesting fact I've learned recently. Uh, well, l- the most useful fact I've learned recently is that the uh, percentage when the weather app says the percentage yeah, rainfall. Yeah, my friend just told me this. It's that it's the percentage. It's like the chance that you'll get rain. It's not that it's like oh this percent like a hundred percent doesn't mean a hundred percent chance that you'll see rain. It means a hundred percent of the area right. will see it's, rain. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. crazy. So that's the most uh, useful fact, but it's super useful. Um, I think that's incredible. I had no idea. But this is what we learned. This is what we learned filming uh, a couple weekends ago, or no, just yeah. a week ago, basically. Um, well, was it a week been, ago? I think it was two, two weeks ago. ago. Right? Time means nothing anymore. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I've been in a time warp this week in particular. Like I don't know, the clock on my computer has been like like. Like three minutes fast, so I've been like three minutes early to all my Zoom meetings. That's not so, like, <laughs> I was gonna say, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing, but it feels weird when you're a chronic procrastinator. Yes. Maybe the universe did that to you on purpose. <laughs> well, maybe Mercury re- retrograde is working in my favor. Then. I was gonna maybe. say Sometimes before it we does. started, y'all were talking about that, and yeah. I'm admittedly a an astrology hobbyist in terms of let me check my horoscope on my birthday. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like that's about the most of it. And my um, ruler derby friends have just kind of badgered me into holding on to my star chart now. Nice. Nice. Dude. So what, do you know your big three? Do you know the um, uh, sun, moon, rising? Gemini, sun, 
Um, Aquarius moon and Scorpio rising. Oh, nice. <laughs> Let's note on this podcast that is the first time that I said Gemini sun and people weren't just like, ugh. <laughs> What's so funny is I love Gemini's. I have a whole playlist that's all songs about Gemini. There's, it's, it's, like it's, used a lot, it's used yeah. a lot in music, and I think it's just that, you know, people also don't like Scorpios a lot of the times, because both right. Geminis and Scorpios are, like, very, um, they're very, like, people-dependent, so, mm-hmm. like, my conversation with you is going to be different than my conversation with you, and sometimes people read that the wrong way, uh, you know? Yeah. I don't, I and I'm just that. like, no, no, you don't have to fear that from the Gemini. Ooh. That's a skill. It's a, it's a politician type skill yeah that's a good life skill yeah. to have when anything like that that i don't know if i have or not ah. <laughs> well yeah, i mean you like we I'm talked about in the intro person. you do yeah. all of these things though so you have to be working with a wide variety of different people it's true it's yeah, true i'm self-deprecating myself right now even though we just made a house rule. <laughs> we did we did house so not, rule. no self-deprecation um no yeah I, I feel like people's skills are often talked about like being the soft skills and I think that they're the hard skills and it's I think it's a skill that I I feel like I naturally have like as a Leo so I'm a Leo sun uh, cancer moon and Sagittarius rising and I feel like definitely with my Leo sun which Minnie is also a Leo yes sun. we have a very Leo company you know we're like of course we're Leos like <laughs> I'm a Leo sun and then double Pisces on the back end so I have a lot of feelings <laughs> she can she I'm can learning. attest I'm learning these I'm she learning can attest that I have a yes, lot of feelings yes. I love to cry and I love to sleep and that's why I have double Pisces on the back end <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah and I feel I feel like those things are often referred to as like the soft skills, but I really mm-hmm. feel like they are the hard skills because it takes a lot of humility, I think, to learn how to be, um, you know, w- working well with other people because they oftentimes will have to like call you out on your shit and you have to humbly accept that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then that builds trust with people because they're like, wow, you, I can actually like tell you and give you this feedback without you getting like defensive or like upset and stuff like that. And, and then, you know, and I think a lot of people have, have a tough time communicating like when they're upset about things because of like how the emotions will come across and if they're going to trigger other people. Mm-hmm. So, so I think a lot of being like a good people person comes down to like, how can you put your own ego aside in order to work well with other people? Yeah, and it's, which is very difficult, but we do always say that we as producers are in the business of emotions because we are producing art, which is sort of inherently this like conduit for the human experience. So we can't ignore the human experience of our individual ensemble members or cast members or team members. So we have to honor their emotions and we can't just say like, Oh, you're feeling sad? Sorry, leave your baggage at the door. We have oh, to say, I oh God, I know I hate that. it so I a, much. I had an employer say that one time and like that was the like, worst job. Oh God, how many, <laughs> and how many fucking, can we swear? Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> can we swear? Good, I, think I should have put that in the intro because everybody <laughs> always asks at some point. You can swear on the show. Okay, great. Um, but how many fucking directors have said that shit and you're like, I can't leave this baggage at the door. There's literally no way for me to leave it at the door. So what your job is as a director, as a producer, and for us as people who 
continually work with a group of people, an ensemble of people, Mm -hmm. and then a new group of people with each show, we have to make sure that those skills are so fine-tuned that we can allow people to bring their emotions into the space and use it to further and fuel their performance in a positive way, as opposed to just pretend that their feelings don't exist. Right, yeah, and I I think it's a... I think it can be very unhealthy to pretend that your feelings don't exist because, like, I think feelings can be such, like, little, like, seeds of, of greatness in a way. Like, um, I mean, you just can't ignore your, your feelings, you know? I mean, is that more of a, not more of, is that an essential kind of theater, theatrical concept? Like, your feelings can, like you say, bring out part of your, whether it's mm-hmm. performance, whether it's even other stuff that's behind the scenes, design, construction, mm-hmm. sounds, you know, sound design. So is that, how do you manage that as like the producers of, or the, um, the showrunners, not just mm-hmm. of this like show that we're going to talk about later, but as of the company? Ooh, good question. Yeah, that's a very good question. I do think that, I do think that what we're doing is different than what we've seen in the past as far as being kind to people. Um, that I don't think universally in theater that I think a lot of people will say, use it, use your emotions. But those are also the people who are going to try to bring up bad shit in your life in order to make you cry Uh. and then say, great, you feeling like shit? Use it, go on stage. Those are the people who want to break you down to build you back up. Um, Whereas our approach seems to be more kind and it's more about like holding space and making sure that whatever space that we have, you know, leadership in, that it it is a safe space. I mean, that's such a like loaded term right now. Mm -hmm. What is a safe space, you Mm -hmm. know? How do you feel (laughs) about it? But truly, I, I feel like allowing people to, you know, express their feelings and to, you know, be vulnerable and be truthful about how and what and why they're experiencing what they're experiencing right now mm-hmm. is, you know, making you late for deadlines or like, you know, you just can't come to the meeting today because you need to cry. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, that stuff's fine because, like, we, we're also, like, administrative, like, like queens. Like, we're, like, freak... <laughs> Freaks in the spreadsheets and like it's <laughs> very true. And, I'm right now. Freaks so, like, in the we spreadsheets. Notate, we notate like everything as much as we can, so we always have like really detailed notes that people can catch up on. You know, we're always happy to like always meet with other people um, to catch them up on things. But generally, like we trust that people are going to get themselves caught up, and they and they do, do. and they do. Yeah, and it's just it's amazing what happens when you give people like autonomy. And, <laughs> yeah. And, like, you empower them in that way, that you don't have to be, like, a nagging mom, like, did you do your homework? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You have to be like that. And, yeah. and uh, the ability to, to know that if, uh, that our ensemble members, our casts know that if they didn't catch up for whatever reason, that's also okay as long as you let us know and give us, give us a heads up that, like, oh, I didn't get a chance to read the meeting notes because I was moving. You know what? You're fine. Like you're there's moving. Yeah, you things come up. I expect you to read that. Um, like, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just just respecting respecting everybody's individual experience as performers, as artists, mm-hmm. while encouraging everybody to make their best. Their best yeah, art. To bring, yeah, to bring their best when they are able to. And yeah, I think I think 
just holding that kind of space really does help to build trust in, in the people that you work with. And I think there's a lot of mistrust in the world right now, too, which is just difficult. I mean, we were living through a pandemic. People, like, we, we've now, now gone through, what, almost a year and a half of us, like, not trusting each other because, like, who has <laughs> the virus, like, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what we've kind of grown up in at this age, right? Like, yeah. After, I don't know when there was, but I remember in school t- uh, talking about kind of trust in the news because my degree was in communications mm-hmm. and there was a point in time when, like, the local news broadcast, Walter Cronkite, you oh, heard classic. that, you <laughs> believed it. It was like, that's what was happening. And it feels like after 2001, mm-hmm. that's just kind of eroded to this point where it's pretty much like, you see something on the news and you're like, well, I want to check that. I don't think that's right. Or there's like, what's the tilt? What's the bias? Mm-hmm. What's coming in? So I don't, you know, it's it's like, oh, yeah, the pandemic for sure. But I don't even think that was. Like, it's been like it that. Just, it yeah. just brought it all to the surface because you couldn't hide anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. It made us physically not trust each other. Yeah. Like, so it all before just. Before it was like being you can suspicious ignore it. of things. Yeah. <laughs> We love TikTok. I don't know. surprising. I'm not on TikTok that much, but like, I fucking love I, it. I have never made a TikTok, but the amount of time I spend on that app is insane. I love it. It's. <laughs> We need to get you to make a TikTok. I know. Like, and I have pets. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, don't you're, you're I don't even need uh, anything. <laughs> I don't even I do need to, do to make a TikTok for my pets. Like, yeah. And call it Kitty and Burb. Kitty and Burb. <laughs> Sylvester and Tweety. And it's like Sylvester and Tweety, and I'm like the grandma. <laughs> I met Petonia. I met, is that a parakeet? Yeah, she's a parakeet. She's I, sleeping, I know that because my friend used to have a parakeet. So. Yeah, that's yeah. The, about the extent of my bird knowledge, unless that's it was fair, like a fair. red-tailed hawk or a robin. Yeah. And I would probably recognize those birds. Probably. But what is, where about your cat? We haven't talked about your cat. Now yeah. that you're up, you don't have to bring yes, them yeah. in the room. She'll, oh, she'll, okay, she'll cool. show up. She'll wander in. Um, earlier, she was just sitting on the carpet staring at me. And when I made eye contact, she meowed. She was just like, bitch, pet me. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. She's she loves like the claws. She has such a presence, like, really big personality. Her name's Lyra. She's just a fabulous black cat. It's like, we named her Lyra as the constellation. Yeah, and so she's been um, my family for her whole life. Ooh. We had her since she was a little tiny baby kitten. And, like, like she's she's 15 years old, and you would not guess it. She's, like, reminds me of your cat, Spry oh, yeah. <laughs> My know, cat's like, almost 20. <laughs> her cat, and, she's, and her cat is still leaping, like, from the couch onto their counter. Like, yeah. She's like McGon, like Professor McGonagall, like you know. <laughs> it's so it's, great. She really does have nine lives. I'm continually impressed with her ability to continue living. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's she is very old and very fuzzy, and I love her very very much. But I'm still just impressed by the fact that she's still around. It's great. Oh, it's great. Like, what a trooper! Like, I know. <laughs> we could talk about our pets for days. I was gonna say. You also have a dog. Xerxes. Yes, I do also have a dog. Oh. Oh, uh, he has a strong name. I was say. <laughs> he's a little bit more like 
Yeah, well, I don't know. I feel like he's a little bit more like the elegant, made-up version in 300 with all the gold. Oh, okay. he, he, he is, um, he's a pit bull mix, and so he's very, uh, he has a very big bark and a very loud presence, but he's actually terrified of everything. <laughs> um, he doesn't like his ears touched, doesn't like his paws He cries if you touch his ears cry. or his paws. Oh my god, it's just, uh, he's so, so sensitive and emotional. And so, yeah, he's got this big, strong name for, like, a king but uh, no, I mean, I guess he's kind of like the historical Xerxes in that he c- likes to boss women around. Okay. Um, and, uh, <laughs> That's true. He barks at us. <laughs> he loves his. One of his favorite pastime is is what we call barking at mommies. Uh, any any barking females, any females, he thinks he dominates and likes to just bark at them and boss them around. Um, That's so true. And uh, (laughs) historical King Xerxes was also noted for his many construction projects. Oh, yeah. And Xerxes likes to build nests. Oh. So, like, with, like, with... Pillows and blankets. And blankets. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a good nephew. So builder. he's he also has many construction projects. <laughs> he's like his namesake. <laughs> this is already the most interesting dog I've ever heard about. He's, he's a great he's dog. He's very unique, and he's like so soft and silky when you pet him. I'm he's just like, so you cool. are a king, sir. Yes, yeah, yeah, so he's like half he's half pit bull, and then the other half is evenly divided between. Rottweiler, German Shepherd, Husky, and Mystery Flavor. Huh. So you Mystery. Could, he's naughty. He's naughty. You can tell by those breeds. Husky's naturally naughty. I know, right? <laughs> oh, those are funny dogs. I do want to bring it back, not to what we were talking about before necessarily, but um, your both of your experiences that we kind of got from that last part of the conversation in terms of mm-hmm. how you want to um, approach the people who are in their in their company, and that seems like something that you things that you picked up along the way in your careers. So, mm-hmm. kind of want to talk about your careers as we work like backwards from Got from it. now yeah. to the beginning. Like, what have you yeah. picked up along the way of burlesque? I mean, there's so many different things: burlesque, acting, um, directing stuff behind in front behind the camera. And, um, oh, cosplay. That was, that oh, was yeah. Nice the nerd stuff. Yeah. We, yeah, so we kind of stuff. dove in at the deep end. We're like, let's start with heavy philosophy, and then let's go and to the resume. <laughs> Welcome to hanging out with us. Did I just call it a resume instead of a, a resume? resume. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is my daughter, resume. <laughs> She's beloved by a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I have to watch this series. Um, <laughs> resume. Yeah, um... We started Crescent Moon in summer 2018, and it's just like been a wild ride since then. Mr. Toad's wild ride. <laughs> it really has been Mr. Toad's wild ride. Like, we yeah, I mean we started. We definitely started. Uh, we hit the ground running. We were course. doing a weekly, weekly show. Oh my goodness! Every single week. Yeah, every, every single week. week. Was, it, was it every Saturday? It was every Saturday. Was it just the two of you at that point? It was the two of us. We were we, running it. Yeah. We started um, with an ensemble. Our oh, ensemble okay. has always been like it started off like with under ten people, and now we're at twelve or thirteen. Twelve. Twelve. Mm. Uh, we might go up to 14 after this, but oh, that's yeah. can't, can't do 13. We could totally, we could totally do. We just have a, we just have a couple people we are we like right now. I definitely want to talk <laughs> yeah. about superstitions later. So that's yeah, superstitions. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we had a very theatrical lens. I think starting right away because we were just like, mm-hmm. 
weekly burlesque show, uh, Foxy themes. Yeah, monthly yeah. themes. Okay. And Foxy and I came from, uh, we both worked at two different theaters that were burlesque theaters. That are no more. Unfortunately. Mm. One no unfortunately, longer. one kind of fortunately. One absolutely fortunately. So we, we both started off at Gorilla, well, I met Mindy. We, yeah, we met at Gorilla Tango. At Gorilla Tango or Burlesque. The ill-fated yeah. Gorilla Tango. They used to do all of those, um, like, parody burlesque shows, like, that were kind of, like, scripted. They're very comedic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Very slapstick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we had that, and then we also had Kiss Kiss Cabaret, which was... Like, uh, like a classic and new burlesque yeah, style. And sometimes like, they had themes where you could do like your nerdy acts and stuff but it was very yeah. classic okay. in like a downstairs speakeasy yeah. type Beautiful. theater thing mm-hmm. um, and so we definitely had this very like theatrical lens of like weekly dance rehearsals we know we know what a dance troupe looks like group dance numbers yada 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 okay. um, mm-hmm. and then as time went on we, 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 we loved doing that format of course but um, we also really wanted to make sure that we were adapting to, I mean, now the pandemic, but mm-hmm. also adapting to what we learned from our audiences because we had, yeah. we had a lot of very good learning experiences in, those, in that like, first year, 2018 to 2019. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like at the end of 2019, I feel like we really started to come into our own and like, figure out, okay, what do our audiences want from this group of people? What have they been responding to well? What have yeah. they been responding to poorly? What can we do to make sure that we give our performers more opportunities, that we get more publicity, yada, yada, yada. And I see, mm-hmm. I'm doing the Seinfeld, yada, 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 like something, <laughs> ba- like something, like something bad or dirty happens. Well, uh, dirty things always happen. Uh, there, are, there are dirty things indeed. Um, but now, like, the, our first year, 2018 to 2019, and then our second year, 2019 to 2020, um, was uh, a lot of changing and adapting and figuring mm-hmm. out how to continue to do the work that we like to do. Right. Yeah. We had a venue change, um, and which gave us so much freedom, mm-hmm. um, to really, really focus on what we wanted to do rather than do what the venue wanted us to do. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's where we really, you know, we're like, well, let's just do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and, and I think like giving yourself permission to do whatever the fuck you want is really, really powerful. Like, yeah. That's true. Yeah, and it feels good. I mean, we, we they always say, like, we're our own, like, worst critic. Like, we are always the people who hold ourselves back. Like, ourself is that, right? Well, don't I know it? <laughs> I know, but it's really hard. So it's, like, so much easier said than done to do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being being in the full artistic control of, like, what we decide to put out while also bringing in ideas from our ensemble. Like we, we like diplomatically agree upon themes. We like vote on things and like we, you know, it's not just me, the artistic director being like, we're doing this and that's it. Like it's, I, I yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not strict communism because we do sometimes, (laughs) we do sometimes like exert, like, you know, of course there's going to be themes where we're like, maybe that'll work better in some other format. And so, right. like, make make choices for the group as a whole based on what we know about our yeah. audiences and the, like, so behind-the-scenes make... information we have. Right. But we do always want to take people, take the people that we work with into account. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have to. We basically make like the executive decisions, but we bring people together collectively to make art together. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I mean, we also have such a talented group. Like <laughs> we do. Like we really so many do. people are really oh great singers. They're like from all these different backgrounds. Well, like, like I was saying, the theater, the theater lens, and like theater mm-hmm. tradition. I feel like. 95% of our troupe comes from a musical theater background. I was going to say And so a lot of us just have that ve- that very similar training um, <laughs> that we can all put to use now in different realms and in different ways, but so, a lot of us have yeah. that vocabulary. Right, so then it's it's kind of manifesting as if we're making, like, devised burlesque in a way, like... Oh, okay. That's great. Is that what we're making? I think that is. Oh my god, did we just figure that out? But did I we also just become best friends. No, we're already best friends. It's <laughs> <laughs> Um, collaborating, devise burlesque, devise yes. burlesque, devise yeah. burlesque. I love that because it is. It is taking. I mean, like when we've been writing our scripts for these shows that we've yeah. been doing, we have co- really collaborated with mm-hmm. our production team, with our ensemble, with our cast to make mm-hmm. sure that everybody is being showcased in the way they want to be showcased. And like, I don't know, I also just really appreciate that we are not just devising burlesque for the stage, but also for the internet age. Yeah. That you just have the, the possibilities are limitless. Yeah. The internet. We've really, really embraced um, that. And it's something that no one else is doing. That there are other streamed burlesque shows, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no one is making what we're making, which is essentially little short burlesque films. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a plot... There is a main host who you see introducing each act. It's mm-hmm. scripted. It's not just like, cut to the host, schmooze, 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 riff, riff, riff. Here's your next act. Mm-hmm. It really is a scripted show, a concept that's leading you through the different yeah. acts. Yeah, and I think Star Crazy was a really good example of that. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was our like space show that we did in, in I April. Saw the, yeah, I saw the event for that on the website. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was like, the host was this... Um, like, space beauty queen named Astra Cressida, and, like, she was, like, everyone was, like, taking, she was taking everyone on, like, a space tour through the galaxy to all the, all of the, like, nerddoms that you, you know, always wanted to see, and so, like, as we got to different planets in her, like, spaceship, which we we called the Thrustmaster 5000, 5000, 3000? The Thrustmaster 3000, 5000, I don't remember remember which version it was, um, it was a rental, so. Lease to own, lease to own. It was lease to own, I know, That's actually canon, it was lease to own. That makes more sense in terms of, like, economically. Yeah, Uh it's a sound financial decision. Exactly, yes. Yeah, it was like going on an adventure. We're taking our audience along the, the ride with us. And with this one... Oh, this one is so fun. So this yeah. one is... Can we talk about the show? Um, Let's or come to wanna, it. We'll no, 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 we're here. We're here. We're here. Let's okay. get to it. We're here. We're, we're going to come back around to we're it. So we're yeah. queer. We'll Everybody stand about this clear. Show. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> we are... So it's called Are You Afraid of Burlesque? In a direct nod to our inspiration... Are You Afraid of the Dark? Nickelodeon classic. Classic Nickelodeon, yes. Uh, And so we have a group-hosted show um, where we're all kind of teen movie stereotypes and we're coming together in the woods to tell each other scary stories. So every act is a scary story that somebody tells around the campfire. Okay. It's very cool Mm -hmm. and very much in that... uh, grand Nickelodeon tradition of everybody having like an object that relates to the tale you're about to hear. 
cut to the creepy story, cut back, little outro. So it's, it's, uh, mm. uh, we also had a real campfire and had filmed outdoors this last oh, time. So ooh. it was very oh, yeah. and, and that's tricky. what we learned about the rain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because like we, were, back. we were so stressed out that Saturday, we thought we were going to get rained out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the storm literally went right around us. On both nights. Yeah. Like, it was, we were really lucky. We were so... We'll, I don't know if we'll ever get that lucky on an outdoor shooting. No. Like, no. And I think it was just like Mother Nature knew there were some witches like filming. Needing like, things. She was like, I will take care of you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, I appreciate your tents, but... <laughs> we tried. We did. We, we prepared. We were, pre- but... we were as prepared as we could be. Um, and I'm so proud of how we all like really rallied mm-hmm. to like make it all work and like that's I think something I love so much about doing this is it's like so much just like teamwork making the dream work and um but yeah so this show we tell it around a campfire we literally throw powder into the fire to make it go poof and it's like should we tell the secret it's on Wikipedia no 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 this because we want people to see oh yeah we want people to come see the show which I'm going to say see the show now it's next Saturday, the twenty yes. third. Uh-huh. That's no that's October twenty third. I almost said November. See, time is a concept, yeah. time is a concept that we are outside of right now. We're in a time warp. But we're, we're gonna come back to like we're gonna plug it again. But don't give away any secrets. No, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to see they have to see the show yeah. to get the secrets. Okay. But um we had an amazing videographer we worked with, John. Oh my god, Blair. he was great. Our, like, I almost want to give a shout out to, like, our, everyone and everyone on our production <laughs> team and cast. We'll, yeah. we'll get, let, let's make, like, an official list and put it in the show notes or something. If yes. That's a possibility. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Yeah, let's do just that. Just because I'm, like, I don't want to forget anybody. Oh, no. My <laughs> Talking off the brain, cuff. I'm just, like... I, every yeah. single time I have to send an email to our ensemble, I know there are 12 people. Every single time I'm one short. I'm people. one short and I have to be like, who did I forget? Who did I... Different person every time. So there's no... It's it's completely democratic. But it's just every single time there's one at the end and I'm like, damn it. Who is like, it Damn time? it, right? You're is trying it to remember like letters and it's like... Oh, <laughs> yes, like, like think of yes. faces like whose face am I not seeing in this list? Exactly, exactly. Oh, I know. It's tough. I'm like, I almost have to have a checklist for it. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> The cool thing yeah. about what you described is that, um, and this is going to sound interesting, but watching pro wrestling over the last couple years, okay, so, you see, so what they did was that they like had to move everything to one place mm-hmm. and kind of quarantine everybody in this bubble, and they had their training facility, but they did a lot of pay-per-view matches that instead of everything being live, because it couldn't, they would do these big theatrical matches that were basically video-like short stories yeah and they had one um everybody knows john cena for various reasons at this point <laughs> yes yes and so they had one where he was matched up with this guy who had taken on this persona of a children's host with like a alter ego almost like a schizophrenic type thing that was mm-hmm. this like literally they called him the fiend it was like bray wyatt the children's host and the fiend bray wyatt who wore this horrifying mask Ooh. and so they had a match at uh wrestlemania but the match was literally the Fiend basically in John Cena and taking him through his old personas and all these different like times in in world in WWE and WWF mm-hmm. and it was really innovative and wow. unexpected and it sounds like this concept because the burlesque shows I've seen have been that type of cabaret mm-hmm. type review. Mm-hmm. So this is new. This is completely new to me, but already sounds in, not just interesting for for in in general. Interesting for me, who was not yeah. a theater person. Yeah, because you're really into the sports ball, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> you said the sports, I was like, I should have been there with your sister, <laughs> no, and I would have gotten her on track. No, I, 
I like sports. I just don't. Trivia. No. I almost, I almost bought a shirt recently that was like, I just hope that both teams are having a good time. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's such just, a good energy. And, no, and that's the energy I want to always like bring to things. Like, I just hope everyone's having a good time. Like, <laughs> sometimes my anxiety gets in the way of that because thank you, mental health. Um, and, uh, but that's what I try to bring. I try to bring some joy. (laughs) And I do think also this, like, style of show that we're talking about is, it's primed for nerds, right? That, like, a cabaret theatrical audience isn't gonna mind the, and now I'm a host talking, and now let's go to your next act, because it is very much like the cabarets that people are used to. But if you're trying to engage people who are coming together not because of a love of theater and cabaret, but, but because, because of a love fandom, of yeah, fandom, nerdery, like etc. Excited about this really nostalgic thing. Yeah, like, yeah. So we can draw them in in a different way and reach, you know, a very specific audience with that. How did your relative like histories in nerdiness kind of bring you to burlesque? If they ever, if there is yeah. a moment that was like a a touchstone or or mm-hmm. a point where you're like these two things intersected and yeah. now I know that I'm mm-hmm. gonna do this what was what was your like history and nerdiness first <laughs> forever I know forever, forever a theater kid I went I went to a performing arts high school and in in Orange County California I grew up in Big Bear Lake California in the mountains okay and, um, and uh, I was just always a musical theater kid and which is like a very specific kind of nerdy Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Those theater kids. They right? sang in the hallways. <laughs> but, like, that was my actual high school, was like, the whole high school. Everybody sang. Yeah, we like, just had a few kids who sang in the hallways. You know, ba- ballerinas doing all their stretching by the lockers, you know, like, you know, some people practicing, like, poetry in a corner, like, you know. Someone tuning their tuba. I don't know. Shout, <laughs> do out, to tuba? shout out to tubas. <laughs> shout out to tubas. You do have that to was tune. My high school. You do have to tune a tuba. <laughs> I'm not gonna get too. There's my nerdiness is is music, so oh, awesome. I'm not gonna get too That's deep so awesome. into it. Yeah, and like so, I I always like sang and um. Oh, thank you. We got cider in the building. We have. We got some cider in the building. Alcoholic cider in the building. Take your kids out of the room. No, oh, no, PG thirteen <laughs> for alcohol, drug and alcohol use. <laughs> um, where was I saying? Oh, high school. Performing oh. arts high school. Oh, you've got feel, like a cinnamon stick. Oh, there's a cinnamon stick. I thought that because I don't want to take the last bit. <laughs> you got the wood. No, you're no, no, you're divided. I divided it evenly. I'm an expert barkeep. Oh. <laughs> you are. You are. That's good. I'm not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so I think my nerdiness really came from that. Um, I also grew up in a really nerdy family. Like, like um, gosh, my mom let me watch like Rocky Horror when I was like seven. <laughs> <laughs> Not I'm like, it explains so much. And like, all my high school friends are like, you would have become the burlesque dancer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Like, like, you were set up for this. <laughs> it's so funny because I was the last person who thought I was going to do burlesque. Like, my high school friends and I, every summer we would get together and like, you know, go to go to a movie or like have like one little like get together after we, you know, have, have graduated. We've done it for several years and... It was the year that the movie Burlesque came out, and okay. I was Classic. like, I was like, I don't want to fucking see this movie. I was, I wanted to go see the horror movie, <laughs> like, and all my friends were like, no, that's too scary, and I was like, fine, we'll go see Burlesque. <laughs> and then by the end of the movie, I was like, oh my god, I love that. Like, it was such a one eighty. <laughs> that movie is under highly underrated. It's, it is, it is like watching a nineteen forties musical comedy. 
It is. And, and I don't think that's... It's just un- not appreciated Yeah, I don't think it's very... Plus the venue, like the set in that. Like, I would the costumes, kill... all the budget. To have a budget for that kind of show. Have you seen this movie, bro? I, I think I might have heard of this movie, but I've it's definitely Christina not seen Aguilera it. It's Christina Aguilera and Cher. What? Have you seen it? Was this mid-2000s? Yeah. Like 2010, I think. It's ringing a bell Yeah, now. yeah. Well, your homework is to go see it and okay. know that for I think it's, it's like, not like that. <laughs> I think it's like 90 minutes. It's super short. It really is like old-timey musical comedy, mm-hmm. and it's great if you watch it with that lens. If you think you're there for like a serious dance biopic, no. it's <laughs> Moulin Rouge. It is not. Okay. <laughs> but right. it is It is very fun. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. I just kind of ended up... Finding myself into burlesque, um, there's there's a little bit of a heavy story behind it that I'll I'll keep under wraps. But it was like I met Minnie at my very first burlesque uh, show that I got cast in. We were both um, <laughs> we were brother and sister. We, were, we played brother and sister. We were the Viserys Titberian <laughs> in a Game of Thrones um, parody called Game of Thongs. Okay. And and so I played Viserys, and I turned him into, like, a very, like, flamboyant kind of king kind of character. That would and, have been like, a very good Viserys. Oh, thank you! It, yeah, it was great. It was so much fun. I did... And, like, I got such a good dance in that uh, God, show, too. Was it was to Royals dance. by Lord. Okay. And nice. the choreography was sick. It was, it was so, so good. That um, show was great. That show was phenomenal. Really um, it ran yeah, for so like three years. It did. <laughs> yeah, we, so we were the OG cast for okay. it. Okay. And so, so you were Daenerys, mm-hmm. and then, and then, like each each character also had like a track where you played other characters and in, in, like yeah. on, next to your main role. Mm-hmm. And so one of my like little characters that I got to play was her baby dragon. Oh my god, the dragon <laughs> act was also so good. Yeah. So you got these beautiful fire fan like. Like, not actual fire, but they were beautiful, like, pieces of fabric that were very flowy yeah. to look like fire. And these gorgeous fans, and you, like, you know... And then, like, like, like basically, like, nude pasties and thong with, like, sparkles on it. So yeah. it was, like, okay, girl yes. on fire. And, every, and then yeah. you come out of the fire with your three mm-hmm. baby dragons. Super cute. It was so much fun. It was so fun. Cute. That was my favorite part of the show, was getting to be your baby dragon. The baby <laughs> dragons were so cute. They were so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that show. It was such a good show. And then it was just, like, I don't know, history. And then... And then from there, uh, we, like, we're doing Kiss Kiss, but you, how did you get into burlesque? Because I actually don't know if I oh, know really? much, of, much of your origin story of how you got into burlesque. Oh, well, so... Which is so funny, because we've been friends for so long. I know, that's like, true. <laughs> no, I, so I did a paper on burlesque when I was in college. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> and it was, a, they, I took a modern drama class, and it was, a. Uh, um about basically theater in like the second half of the 20th century. Okay. Um, or like mid through second half. We didn't get super contemporary. Um, but it was like up through the 90s basically. And um, there was just that we, we learned about a lot of performance art. We learned about a lot of uh, modern styles of old art. Um, and a lot of stuff that was going on in the 60s that was like political theater and protesting. And this one sentence came up in a book that was about like burlesquing the something, something, something. And I was like, I want to write about this because the only other thing I've ever heard about burlesque is that time Dita Von Teese was on America's Next Top Model. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
And I know that uh, when I was six years old, I cried into a grouping of feather boas because it was so beautiful. Um, <laughs> you were meant to be ever. And when I was, and when I was five years old, my mom told me that I was making a diorama of Lincoln Park Zoo. And my mom said, and now we add glitter, because glitter takes an A project to an A plus project. <laughs> so this is faded, faded in the stars, truly. Um, so I wrote a paper on this in college and just like, like uh, tracing the history of burlesque and that sort of neo-burlesque uh, environment of the 90s that we had read about in some of our material for class. Um, and then I fortuitously started dating the man who's now my husband, um, and he had a friend who was going to burlesque shows and thinking about producing a burlesque show. And I went on a date with him to a burlesque show. Oh yeah, Dave took me to my first burlesque show. Um, and I was like, wait, normal people can do this? Like, people who are just, like, people, not like, like, you don't have to right. be Dita Von Teese. You don't have to be Annie Sprinkle. You don't have to be any of these people I've read about or seen on screen. You can just be an actor who does burlesque on the side. Amazing. Right? I have, uh, like, there are so many people who do burlesque who come from every, like, walk of life. Absolutely. Like, I know someone who is a cancer researcher who's a burlesque dancer. Oh, my God. There's a, right? like, an assistant authors. state's attorney. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. Um, just at graphic designers, everyone. everyone um, yeah. our, our troupe skews heavily towards that musical theater style. Mm -hmm. And I had been a musical theater major too, so it was also sort of like that same dovetailing of interests. Mm -hmm. um, and then I uh, took a burlesque history class from Michelle L'Amour um, yeah. because I thought if I, I took it. a history class it would be a good way uh, to sort of ease my mom into the idea of me doing burlesque. Um, and then I started taking her dance classes and then a friend of mine started a burlesque troupe, uh, had a dancer quit and was like, hey, I know you've been working with Michelle do you want to come join this like very early iteration of this troupe? And there was an early iteration of Kiss Kiss. Um, wow. And I, so I had been around with Kiss Kiss since the very beginning. What year was that? 2011. So 2011. Kiss Kiss started rehearsing in 2010 and then opened in 2011. Um, and Naughty Natanya was sort of like my, not like my drag mom, sort of like, oh, you're burlesque but mom. like my burlesque like, mom of like, yeah. the, basically the only person in that early troupe who was nice to me, <laughs> but also like, Hey, you can be, like, she had this act that was, like, kind of a duet where she was, like, the featured performer, but then there was, like, a second character who got a little stripping bit at the end. <laughs> so I got that little stripping bit at the end, and that's where I have an act where I'm a little French maid, and that's actually the first iteration of the French maid. Really? Yes, yes. So Wait, is that a character that you have? Yeah, yeah, it's just, like, like a little, little silly, sexy French maid. I haven't done it for any of our nerd shows because yeah. it's not really nerdy. Yeah. But you got to do it right before the pandemic. Yeah, hit. The, I, I produced, I solo produced the show. Desserts. Called, yeah, yeah, Just Desserts, and it was, like, this, like, dessert and like sexy variety show with like there was some shibari art okay there was singers there were burlesque dancers what else did we have going on in there uh there was a makeout room i don't know how many people used it but a lot of people used it but it was also you know a 420 friendly like thing so it was just a really good time and the desserts were custom made by one of the performers or some of the desserts yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um, it was just, again, it's that same instinct to, like, take this art form that we all love and make it uh, more accessible to people who wouldn't otherwise go see a burlesque show. Right. 
Is yeah. that something that, because I, I don't, and I, I want to make this clear, I don't want to dredge up any bad memories, <laughs> but there are always things that kind of inform us onto a certain path of like, well, I want to do this better for the next person. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of what I've gotten from you is an egalitarian type approach to this art form. So mm-hmm. where does that, for both of you, where does that come from in your experience? I think it comes from uh, kind of learning like, what not to do or what I don't want to do. Yeah. From witnessing it outward outworld or like out outwardly in the world. Mm-hmm. And and like I've definitely been burned a couple times with some of my experiences. That's not something that, you know, I'll deny. I mean, I think I'm not gonna name names, obviously, but right. but like those were really like as hard and frustrating as it was to go through that stuff, it really informed me on like I can do I can do something differently. Like I don't have to be mean to my cast. I don't have to, you know, act like I own people. You know, like mm-hmm. these kinds of things that like like some people's like attitudes, they bring these attitudes into things that are so filled with entitlement to other people's like time and energy and it's just not how I want to show up as a producer. And and so that's how I want to and try to I work on it every day to show up in the ways that I know I want to be like. Um, I can't say I'm perfect at it every day, but <laughs> who is, right? Like, like, you know what? If the Enterprise ran at warp nine all of the time, it then it would out. burn out. It so, burn out. Exactly. <laughs> it would burn out. But, um, but yeah, like, I think, I think that there's just, like, things that we've learned, um, Enterprise was a Star Trek. I grew up on Star Trek, so I was yeah. like immediately. We haven't really gotten into. We haven't gotten into the chunky nerd stuff yet. We're <laughs> right. still talking about theater because we are nerdy about we theater. Chunky, we chunky nerds. Yeah. What was I saying? I don't know. I'm like Star egalitarian Trek. approach. Working yeah. at it every day. Yeah, and like you know, just kind of learning what not to do from seeing fallout from other things. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think, too, in terms of, like, accessibility, one thing I'm really, like, learning a lot from producing stuff during the pandemic that everyone made such a hard turn out of necessity to video-based entertainment. Right. Um, that it, it provided a lot of accessibility to people of, you know, different abilities, um, different income levels, different backgrounds. Like, your audience reach was honestly kind of endless when you have to go to the... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and, like, what I'm having a hard time seeing now is that as things are opening up, people, I mean, there's also burnout to account for, right? Like, people are tired, are, like, a little tired of looking at screens, which is fair. Um, But, like, you know, all of the, there's so many performers who are of different abilities who sometimes, you know, aren't able to take gigs because, like, those shows are in accessible spaces, right? Mm -hmm. So having internet shows um, really gives us the opportunity to book performers who otherwise, like, cannot do shows because of accessibility reasons. Um, And I think that's something really important that I don't want to get lost from us moving on and beyond a pandemic, you know? Um, I think it's something that people made such good strides in accessibility, like, during all of this. That it's like, why should we go back? You know, like people, people with disabilities have been asking to work from home, you know, for forever. So long. Yeah. And then, and then suddenly, because 
all these uh, like able-bodied people have to do it. Oh, now you can figure it out and make it work for everybody, right? Yeah. Why can't that just be like? Well, and I can't tell you. I can't tell you the number of times I've not gone to see a show just because of anxiety. Yeah. And the fact that I don't have to put on a cute outfit and makeup and interact with people and like pretend to like. Or just like, like people who you don't like. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> just like the, the, the social interaction mm-hmm. element of going to see a, a show. It's, and and it's, it is, it, it's an experience, and it's definitely a valuable experience, and I do love going to the theater. When you're in the right mood for it, but sometimes social anxiety really takes an icy grip on you. you yeah. Know? That's true. <laughs> I never, didn't really deal with that, or at least it wasn't apparent to me as a kid or growing up. And as I've gotten older, it's like, oh, yeah. Mm, I feel weird here. Like, I feel kind of itchy. <laughs> You're like, I'm allergic to these people. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, for real. And then, like, think about people who might have, like, small children at home who, like, mm-hmm. want to support yeah, their friends. Right, but they, they can't find a sitter. Right, or it's too expensive. Yeah. yeah. Like, so then they can, like, you know, make the kids go do something else in the other room while they go watch a burlesque show or rent it. And yeah. watch it at their convenience, which is what we also like to that do. That is others. innovative. Because mm-hmm. that, I mm-hmm. think, I mean, our our generation, again, that, like, I hate saying millennial, but it's millennial, mm-hmm. right? We're, Grew up with video rentals, right? Yeah. Like, that was me and my mom. We went and rented movies on Fridays. <laughs> so that's a really cool concept. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, that's dope. Like, I could just get this and watch it for, like, a week and then... Mm-hmm. However long. If That's only, long. if only we could do like a like, like a, a little like video. video. <laughs> like it's so, so cute. Fun. Be so cute. <laughs> Nobody um, has VCRs. Maybe we could just put that in like the graphics for the rental. It's like a blockbuster logo or something. That's cute. Or maybe, maybe we put a little. Remember, like in uh, when you go to the. Remember when you go to the movie theaters. Wow, it's been kind that long. of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like before, before it actually starts, there's always like a little sketch or something. What if we did that to like, oh, let's go rent a movie from Blockbuster and then go home and sit on the couch and eat popcorn and like do that before our shows. Like, that'd be cute. That'd be, cute. that'd be really cute. All of these things make me want to see this more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, well, and I love that this is kind of how our ideas develop where we're just like, we're talking about something that is a little bit more philosophical about the the sort of changes that we want to enact and how we want our truth to be. And then we're like, something that it comes out of that is Blockbuster logo on our show rental. Like, who knows how we got from point A to point B, but now we have an idea for something that we're going to do in the future. <laughs> the yeah. near future. That's cute. I like that. And then we can put it at the beginning of, like, all of our digital shows. It's very cute. Yeah, and then it's like a, it's like a trademark. It's like, oh, yo, yeah. I want to see the show, but I also love this part. Like, I want to see this part. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Or just, like, I know my mom always shows up late, even when it's digital. So, <laughs> so I'm like, you just rent it, just rent it, and then you can start it whenever you want. You, you can press you pause, your even. Your mom is so amazing. And if you don't, she loves to rewind and, like, go back, and, like, if she didn't understand something, and play it again. Um, so you can rewind. You can do, you can do all that. Mom, it's everything you wanted. <laughs> But yeah, I do think, I, I also will cite, for our egalitarian approach, I will cite the background in theater mm-hmm. as far as not knowing what to do, what to not do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we've all had a lot of bad colleagues and bad teachers and people who just have like wreaked really? havoc on their student self-esteem just mm-hmm. because they can. Yeah, and just like really hurt you, you know? Yeah, there's yeah. a, there's a uh, very heavy reliance in theater education on 
you know, the method, like you hear people talk yeah. about as far as like, I want to live the character, I want to be the character. But that is also that, that, that those same people who are saying like, I do want to, I do want to break you down to build you back up. Like I was saying earlier, that it's that same philosophy where we have to dredge up all of your personal shit and make you cry for real. And then you cry in the scene. And it's just that to me has always seemed very cruel. Uh, yeah, um, I and I never really responded to it very well. Mm-hmm. I got very, very hurt by a lot of that type of education. Um, yeah, and too. when I realized that not only could I not have that, um, but also that with a company like this, we have the power to just do, like you said, do whatever we want. Do whatever the fuck we want. And <laughs> say, like, we don't have to be that way. Yeah. And we don't, have to, we don't have to tear people down to get a good performance out of them. No. There is another way. And, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of shit coming out now about the entertainment industry and how a lot of the practices are inherently abusive. Yeah, um, we don't want to be like that at all. No, not at all, because it's clearly been part of our history that's not yeah. great. And, like, our individual history as well that's not great, where it's mm-hmm. just like there's a... I can't, I can't tell you the number of hours of therapy that I've dedicated to my high school theater teacher. Like, I know. That right? shit is ridiculous. Or me to, to one of my college professors yeah. who literally told my scene partner to beat me with a cane at one point. Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to, like, practice stage combat stuff. You can't just, like, order Do students it. to beat each other Yeah, that's, like, um, yeah. that's abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel really bad for the student who had to do it because of that very, like, domineering, you know, professor who put him on the spot. You know, it's not his fault, but... Ugh, tough, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so a, lot of, a lot of these practices that are, you know, that really wear on people's self-esteem... Just not, just not worth it. And if burlesque is supposed to be about like loving yourself, loving your body, loving your body, loving the audience, allowing people to literally gaze upon you, you're inviting people to look at you. That's so vulnerable and Mm -hmm. like also very like empowering in in a way, you know. And because like different people are empowered in different ways, right? Um, And and when you're in a space where like people are just like cutting you down and tearing you down, how can you go on stage and shine? You know, how do you shine your light? Regardless of whether or not you have to take your clothes off and then add in the literal physical vulnerability. There's already emotional vulnerability just stepping out on stage. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, now physical vulnerability? You don't want to be in a space where somebody is telling you, like, picking apart every single little thing that you've done. Or telling you to lose weight. Like, what? that happens. That's something that... I can believe that. Yeah, um, the yeah. musical theater director at my college. I actually, so I started a musical theater program. I, I didn't drop out of the college, but I dropped out of the musical right. theater program because the director lined everybody up and went down the line and told people what plastic surgeries they needed in order to get cast as their ideal quote unquote type. It's um, so up. And I was like totally outcast and blacklisted because I thought that was fucked up. <laughs> what out, was that here? Was that in Chicago? That was at uh, that was at Northwestern. I don't know if that if that guy is still working there, so I don't necessarily want to tell tales out of school. Right. Literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. School. And I will say that my acting teacher in college was phenomenal and mm-hmm. really ser- played a very huge role in my life. Still in contact with him. He actually just started a YouTube channel that I got an email really? about yesterday oh, about acting. Out. It's called The Actor's Arc. Oh, um, I like that. So he was just a very good teacher. He was also working in the city. 
um, and just like really, really was somebody who gave both practical advice and very good direction in mm -hmm. scene work. Um, and really taught you how to be in a play as opposed to just like wandering around the stage behaving like animals. Really taught you like, okay, if we're going to do animal work, here's how you immediately take that and apply it to a rehearsal process. Because gotcha. what you want to be is a working actor. And when you're working, you're not doing animal exercises in rehearsal. You are rehearsing the scenes. You are doing the choreography. You are memorizing right. lines. You are not doing animal work. <laughs> so exactly. how do you take that and morph it? Yeah. So in, in college, like you, you saying all that reminded me of like some of my favorite like instructors in, in college. Um, and I had, you know, a dance teacher who like, I was always told like, you're never going to be a dancer, blah, 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 blah. Cause I started late, like dance with, with dance. Oh my God. Yeah. Know? And, um, but I also feel like everyone's a dancer in their heart. And I think that that's what that's really beautiful. matters. That's beautiful. Like dance. I hope so. <laughs> Because well, I've seen some people at weddings. <laughs> but they're having a great time. That was, that was their best shot. They're dancing in their heart. That was um, an, uh, an exercise we did in modern dance once was like pick someone in your family who you've seen dance at a wedding exercise. and then like come come to class and dance like them and we all had a wedding party. It was so that much fun. It was such a good hilarious. exercise. Oh my God. We were <laughs> laughing so hard. It was just joy. It was just so good. But, um, but yeah, like I, I, dance was one of the very first communications that humans ever had, Right. you know, physical movement was how we told stories or how we protected each other from, from like danger, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it's an innate thing that's within all of us. And I think society really breaks us down to make us think like, Oh, don't, don't be in touch with your body. Don't move. Don't do anything with it. Like, because you're going to look like a fool. You know, and they shame you about these things. They shame, there's so much shame around our bodies in every which way, right? And, and I feel really, really glad that I had an amazing dance instructor in college who, who literally was like, Grace, you're a dancer. Oh, now my muggle name. I'm very... <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask later, but... No, it's fine. I'm very, I'm very fluid with my muggle and my burlesque name. Um, people know me by both, um... But, but she was like, you're a dancer, and you're a dancer the moment you start thinking you are. And I was, like, I was like, yeah, you're right. And I, like, walked out of there, like, dancing down the sidewalk, like, you know. And then, and then that's how I really, like, started getting into choreography because I was like, well, if I'm not, like, technically as advanced as, like, I could be if I started dance when I was younger, I can't change the past, right? But... I just, I always had all of these, like, visions in my mind of, like, I would choreograph to songs in my head as I'm, like, listening to music, and it's just, it's like, that's just always how my brain has worked, and then I realized I could do, I could be a choreographer, and so I started choreographing in college, and I got to choreograph the musical Reaper Madness, that was, I want to, I want to remount that musical oh so bad, because, like, that whole, <laughs> our our theater faculty was salty as fuck because they were like, they were like this fully student ran production of reefer madness. Like everyone on campus and in the town was like, that show was better than all of the main stages that year. Sorry. And I was like, sorry, sucks to suck. And like our faculty was like so salty about it. And I got like really good reviews in the papers about it. They were like, the choreography is what really makes the show. And I was just like, thank you. I'm like, and so then, like, I graduated and I moved to Chicago because I wanted to be a choreographer. And here we are. With and now here we are. And now I'm choreographing burlesque nerdy shenanigans. And it's, 
I just, I'm at a point in my life where I've gone through a lot of really, really tough, hard, dark stuff, and I'm finally finding so much, like, joy in the, the passionate stuff that I get to do and get to create, and I'm so glad I get to do it with you. I know. You're the, you're just the best. I Thank you. you. <laughs> I know, no. <laughs> are we Leos or are we Leos? Exactly. Leo son, Leo son, Leo son. <laughs> We have another Leo in our company. We actually have multiple of Man. them now, but she once ran onto stage, spun around, did the splits, then flipped the audience off. And I was like, if I could make that into a GIF, that would be the it would be, Leo. That is Leo energy Leo. right there. Whoosh, splits. So <laughs> and then she just got up and walked off stage. <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was, that was the bit. We can end that the show the now. That, that was the bit. That was ridiculous. <laughs> It was so funny. Lottie, you're hilarious and I love you. Yes, she is on the production team. She's yes. our production assistant for Are You Afraid of Burlesque? Which mm -hmm. I am not afraid. Yeah, and she's doing a phenomenal job as always because, oh my goodness. Um, she's great. Yeah. Do we want to talk more about the show? What, what the are you, nerdiness? What are or? I was actually, it was, I, I was asking was in my head, I was like, let's get into the chunky nerd stuff. But chunky nerd the funny stuff. thing about that title is that me being... Um, me has, has always had a little trouble being like what you were talking about. It's like you were inviting someone to gaze upon you, mm -hmm. upon your body in all of its glory. And I'm always like, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be looking straight at this person who's pretty, <laughs> pretty much naked. And so I'll, feel, I'll be focusing on like the dance and just doing like golf claps. Like that was a really so good funny. number. Yeah. That, was real, that was very technically sound. So how... If you're, you're doing these things for your audience, have you had people that you've had come to the show who have been in that same boat? How would you tell somebody, it's like, hey, I am nervous. How do you tell them, it's like, hey, this is what you need to, uh, this is what you need to look for. This is how you come in and just relax yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say for this show specifically, since it's all digital, you buy a VIP ticket and you get our uh, cocktail demo before the show. Ooh. Um, or mm -hmm. you buy a general admission ticket and play our drinking game. So that's a great way to yes. relax. <laughs> And you're going to be at home, which is nice, so you can literally wear whatever you want. You can sit wherever you want to sit in your house. Like, And you, you don't you have to... Make yourself comfortable. Right, and you, when you're watching digitally, you don't have to, like, do anything. Mm -hmm. You don't have to make any noise. You don't yeah. have to cheer now, However, I would say, yeah. you would go to a show in person. Exactly. Know that these performers live off of, like, hoots and hollers and your dollars. So, like... Come, come ready. prepared to tip, yes, definitely, yeah, like a, like a drag show, like mm -hmm. a drag, drag show. show. Um, but like, know that like they want it's it's invited like voyeurism, right? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it, you are allowed to look at them on stage, otherwise they wouldn't be on stage, right? So they're not going to judge you for looking at at them. Yeah. Probably they probably won't even like see you looking at them because the lights will be Yo, blinding. Yeah, I them. always forget that. Right? <laughs> there's lights. There's lights, lights on stage are so bright. And right. you know there is there is oftentimes a little bit of audience interaction, and I would say that most performers are very well versed in seeing if they're approaching somebody, seeing whether or not that person is comfortable being approached, and if not, they will back off and go to somebody else who's like, yeah, bring it on. Gotcha. Right. And. And and yet I will say that even if there is, even if there is a little bit of discomfort that's like that it, it's not enough discomfort that you don't want them to approach you, that is also kind of like cute. That is part of what you want out of that audience mm. interaction is the like little bit of a blush factor, you know? Yeah. Right. But that's part of the charm of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So if you're a little bit embarrassed, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's about pushing your boundaries, too. So, like, push your own boundary and go go see some things that you've never seen before. Is this all digital? Uh, this, this next this, yes, next this show is all digital. We are doing an in-person show in December that is yet to be announced. So do keep eyes and ears peeled for that. Um, and that is, yeah, both going to be in-person and probably also streamed so that people yeah. can enjoy it both ways. And I think that's something that we're always going to do with like our very like theatrical live stage shows is mm-hmm. always have a live stream option. So people can tune in from wherever they are in the world. We've... Gosh, one of our shows, we had people from, like, three or four different continents that was great. streaming in. Yeah. Wow. It was amazing. We were just like, oh, my God, this Yay. is what the, the, the magic of the internet, right? Like, I know that feeling, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, but also, yeah, I mean, I just, I love it when someone comes to a burlesque show and you can see them from the beginning of the show to the end of the show. I remember there was, like, like somebody brought their mom to a show once. And she's all and this, clothes off at first. At first she was all, like, embarrassed and clothes off. This was at the drop when Kiss Kiss was doing shows oh, at the oh drop. Oh, my gosh. I, uh, and that yeah. was a great place. That was a cool place. Um, yeah. But then by the end of the show, she was cheering and screaming right along with everybody. <laughs> and watching that journey is always so fun. That's and so, so I just awesome. think, like, I, like it is, a, it is a time to, like, let yourself go. And if you do if you cheer that's great if you see like like how amazing is it when like your song starts and somebody in the audience is like oh hell yes just because they like the song <laughs> yeah, yes. and then or like, like you know this is gonna be a good performance or like <laughs> or like the lights come up and they see what character you're dressed as and they're and like they i love you khaleesi like it's just <laughs> like that sort of shit is amazing so it really is that like Everything that you've everything that you've ever wanted to say in like a convention audience, but haven't been able to say, you can say at a burlesque show. <laughs> so long as it's respectful, right? Oh you yes, yeah. they'll give you the rules like, at the top of every burlesque right. show. A, a good show will definitely lay down the rules and and try to like teach the audience, like this is how you be a good audience member at our show. Like yeah, usually, don't touch the performers, right. don't like scream obscenities at, or I mean like you know. Targeted, like, no, just targeted obscenities. Yeah, yeah exactly. I would say like targeted language, probably. Like, I know targeted language. However, you interpret that. Yeah. And uh, and like tip performers. Tip and be yeah. nice. Be nice and just be nice. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> now, the one thing I did want to ask, like, uh, because um, going back to the idea of breaking people down to build them up is kind of a, a concept that we got from the past generation and so many other things like mm-hmm. um, how, do you be, how are you a better athlete? How are mm-hmm. you a better Absolutely. writer? How are you a better, you know, this, that, and the other, especially with movement. So mm-hmm. the people that you brought on in your ensemble, if they are in that generation or if they're not, how have they responded? That's a great question. I mean, I think pretty well. We have, we're, we, we keep growing, which is a good sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that we've had to part ways with have parted ways under pretty good terms, and it's just been like yeah. life changes, life can't changes, necessarily time. commit the time. Um, mm-hmm. But all of our sort of like exit interviews have been pretty positive. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, there's just, we, we continue to grow both uh, in practices and in number of people. So, so far it seems to be Absolutely. working pretty well. Yeah, you know, our ensemble has, I think, responded really well to a lot of our missteps as, as well. You know, we're not the first or only people in the world who misstep um, and maybe, like, approach something in a way that really rubs someone the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And through through those experiences, we've created, you know, different different types of systems internally on how people can resolve conflict. Um, 
we've like literally written out like a what like a three-page document on like at least yeah on like this is how we will resolve conflict and this is these are the pathways that you take in order like this is who you need to talk to this is how they'll bring it to us this is how we'll all resolve it you know and and it's a system that has been already tested out and it <laughs> seems to work really well yeah it does so yeah. again it's not to say like this system works perfectly because right. what system does work perfectly, right. but that the fact that we're able to shift and grow and hear people's concerns in a way that feels uh, both approachable but also effective. Because there's effective. a lot of places you can fair, yeah, fair. Yeah, a lot of places you can bring up problems and people will be like, "That's so terrible," but then not do anything about it. Yeah, but we ways that, that you constantly. can see mm-hmm. actual us actually enacting change. Right, and we, we see like that constantly, I think, in just the Chicago theater scene in general, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of lack of accountability with, um, with people bringing grievances to different theater companies or mm-hmm. individuals and them literally not doing anything about it or like double downing, you know? And, and so, again, what you were saying earlier about like, oh, what was it? Um, just about like how, how do we, why, why do we do what we do? And, yeah. And learning, learning from, like, what we've seen and what not to do and learning from that. I think the Chicago theater scene has, has also impacted why we choose Absolutely. this Absolutely. kind of system for our company. And why we produce our own work. I mean, there's definitely, <laughs> right. of course, of course, I, you know, I do, we, a lot of us do all the same things that other actors do where we try to get an agent, we get auditions, we do all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But those are the systems that are going to be the most difficult to change. That if you're walking onto the set of Chicago Fire, there is no way that you're going to be able to say, as an an extra or a day player, there's no way that you're going to be able to say anything that's going to actually matter. And frankly, oftentimes (laughs) if you do say something, you're fired because they don't want to fucking deal with it because they're on a schedule and they've got to get this episode out in two days. And so when you're working within a big system like that, it's so hard to feel your own power and really being able to produce our own content is a way to say, this is what we like to see both behind the scenes, like we're doing with all of our Mm -hmm. policies, but also this is what we like to see on camera. This is, you can't choose what auditions you get or what shows you get cast in. You can choose the shows that you produce. Yeah. And you can choose what shows you want to be in and like, if you are, you know, really, really busy with other shows for a couple months, awesome. We can't wait to see you in that show. And then, you know, come back when you have the spoons, you know? And it doesn't have to be like, oh, my God, you missed the meeting. How dare you? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Right. This is cool because I think this, the whole theme of this show, the whole theme of this podcast is, like, what are you doing? Like, what's good about it? Like, and usually yes, yes. we get to that part, you know, like 15 minutes towards the end, and I'm like, well, what do you find good about this? But we've organically gotten that Ooh, sense throughout good, the entire good. show. It's just like developed as these are the things that you two have experienced, and these are the things that you saw that you did like, and you took all of these experiences and kind of imbued that into this company that you started. And over this last two years, you found an approach that's while it's changing and developing and improving, it works. Because, yeah. like you said, you, you started with less than 10 people, now you have 12, and you have these shows out that I'm, I'm already excited for this. That's yeah, not yeah. showing. I'm excited to see this <laughs> yes, show. Yes, yes, it should be. It's going to be really good. It's going to be really fun. I'm very excited. Yeah, and I feel like we learn so much with every show that we do. Oh, absolutely. And, like, 
you know, we always have a post-mortem afterwards to be like, what right. worked, what That I remember work. from theater. <laughs> yes, you have to, you They're have important. to, yeah. yeah like that's well, I mean, you were talking about happens. sports. After the game, you watch the tape of the game yeah, if you're a coach brave. so that you have to, like, see what you did and what I mean I honestly like I said I do really like sports I just don't know anything about it <laughs> <laughs> I like to watch sports but I do think that it's one of the things that compares the most to being an actor or a performer in any respect is being an athlete because the processes yeah. are very much the same you have to warm up you have to play the game you have to go out and do the show every time you do it is different and then you have to debrief and figure out what worked and what didn't and practice for the next time Heck yeah. And I never thought, as I did improv, and mm, everything improv that you described much. is just like all the other sports, and I never really thought of them as, as similar. I thought it was like, I'm going to do improv yeah. now, and this is, I, it's different. Like, I thought it was different, and so that's yeah. really funny. It's just, I know, I, I totally, I totally love it. Also, watch Ted Lasso if you're not watching oh, Ted wow. Lasso. <laughs> I, I There's our Ted Lasso that. plug. One <laughs> weekly Ted, Ted Lasso plug. <laughs> the weekly Ted Lasso plug. I, can't. I, must, I should start doing it. <laughs> it just comes up naturally. But wait. But it is, it is, it, it's, it, I mean, I also really like soccer, so I, there's that component of it, but I do feel that a lot of the writing, you can tell from the writing that people are approaching these athletes' journeys the way that they're approaching their journeys as writers, which I think is cool. I just think Heck it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've come to the end of our program, so we want to plug the show and we want to plug the company, and then we want to plug you two individually where people can find you and all the all of the things you're doing, not Absolutely. just this. So first, one more time, Are You Afraid of Burlesque, October 23rd. Where can people go watch it? Yeah, it is going to be online. So if you find us on Facebook, Crescent Moon Nerdlesque, you'll see the event for it. It is through the Newport Theater's virtual venue. It is... A super cool, interactive, almost like 8-bit video game situation. Hosted on Gather.town, which I yes. know is used for some other <laughs> corporate programs. And yeah. Programs and such. Oh, yeah. My friend had a birthday party yeah, on there. Little yeah, bit, the little 8-bit thing. Yeah. It's very so cool. So it's going to be on there. Um, and tickets are on sale, uh, but they, the prices will go up on the day of the show, and then ticket sales are cut off at 6 p.m. that very day. Important. It's very important. It's very important. 6 p.m. Central, just in case. For yeah, all of our, our, our listeners in uh, Portugal, I'm just going to assume that we have some listeners we in do. Portugal. We do, great. So, yeah, um, 6 p.m. Central time. Everybody out there, buy your tickets before <laughs> that. Yeah, what yeah. else? And then you can find us on the um, social media um, on Instagram, it's at Crescent underscore Moon underscore Nerdlesk. And then on Facebook, Crescent Moon Nerdlesk. And I think it's also the same on the Twitter yeah. as yeah. well. Google us. Find Just us. Google us. You'll Just find Google us. Uh, I am uh, on my, at my muggle name on every platform. That is OG Nicole Keating, N-I-C-O-L-E-K-E-A-T-I-N-G, with OG in front of it, like original gangster, because I am a 90s child at heart. <laughs> OG Nicole Keating. Yes. Get at me. Yes, and I am Foxy LaFleur. You can find me usually uh, on Facebook, you know, screaming about politics. Um, <laughs> it's true. I've seen this. <laughs> and you've seen this, right? <laughs> But you can find me um, on all platforms at Foxy underscore Law underscore Fleur. That's F-L-E-U-R, like the French flower. Um, and that's that. That's a me. That's a you. That's, that's a, a me. me. Mario. The 
<laughs> the French flower sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> it does. It, it really does. And then I gave her the French flower. Mm. Wow. Ooh, I'll have what she's having. I think, I think George Martin wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. All right, last bit. We didn't get into the chunky nerd stuff. I know, as we, we didn't. It, so are we going to get into some Game of Thrones chunky nerd stuff? Oh, not even that. I'm wearing my Air Arya shirt right yes. now. So it's and great. I played Arya in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that was your other part. I oh, was oh, really? Arya, yeah. yeah. But Arya did not strip because she was a child. Yeah, they didn't good. have any children strip. Sense. That's good. Well, except And they, we the had actors. lines about it. It was like, but I'm a child. I shouldn't be seeing this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's very like half and half, half Arya, half not Arya, because she was like embarrassed at things, but then she always wanted to be at the front of the crowd. Also, right. But also, let me peek in just a little bit. <laughs> right. You're just like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but like a, 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 a sprinkling of chunky nerd stuff. Many you talked about Star Trek. So what's mm-hmm. like your, what, which Star Trek? Oh my god, I love all Star Treks. I'm watching Lower Decks right now, which oh, if you yes. can get your hands on, is fucking hysterical. It's so but good. Deep Space Nine. Deep Space That's Nine is the, is the is the the touchstone. Nice. I love the whole cast. Jadzia Dax is my heart and soul. The big homie and, Terry Farrell. Yeah, yes. And um my my wedding included uh, part of Jadzia and Worf's wedding, like the text from their wedding, adapted <gasps> for us. <laughs> So it's got to be DS9. That's so sweet. I grew oh, up yeah. on, on The Next Generation. I do, yeah. It's like Deep Space Nine was Saturdays and representation being what it is. Black mm. Black Starship oh, yeah. Captain mm. was really important. Mm-hmm. But I always loved Odo just because he could shapeshift. And that was so really, cool, like, right? that was really dope for some reason. It's like <laughs> yeah. you turn into a, bo- like a, a blob, but you can go anywhere you want. <laughs> I, so yeah, let me ask you this. So if you could have a superhero power, what would it be? Would it be oh. shape-shifting? Oh, um, super speed. Because super speed. Oh, yeah. I'm always late. <laughs> same. Uh, I'm probably same. late. Like, like to run. <laughs> always like the feeling of moving fast. Yeah. But definitely could be more on time. But it will just... <laughs> I mean, I act like I have super speed now in that I will leave... 10 minutes later than I should for things, so I just assume I'm in this I'm... photo and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, super so yeah. Mine, mine, I literally wish for teleportation on a because, daily basis. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because then I would have like for things. If like, not the one, then the other. Right, yeah. right. I am also chronically late, but my superpower has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I just want super strength. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be able to crush my enemies and like yeah. bad people, like Buffy. That's what I want. I want the Buffy power where it's like, oh no, I'm just a weak little girl. Come and get me, vampires. Kaplow. (laughs) My girlfriend is going to listen to that and really laugh. Yeah. My girlfriend is going to listen to that part and just laugh hysterically. Be like, oh, it's me. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's so (laughs) useful. Don't get bad people. Back back to Star Trek. I was also next generation because I grew up like watching that with my mom. Right. Love that Mm -hmm. one. But I have, I admit, I have not seen Deep Space Nine. It's oh, on, I know, it's on I'm Netflix, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, to... did they take it off, or is it the end no, of the month? No, it's still, uh, is it the end of the month? It, it might be the end of October, so no. you have oh, two have weeks. They just took Voyager off. No, I have yeah. no time. I also love Voyager, though. I liked Voyager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like Voyager, too. Uh, and Lower Decks, like, y'all need to get on Lower Decks. Lower Decks is so And then funny. also watch Ted Lasso. No, I'm kidding. No, seriously. <laughs> I have everybody out there who's somewhat in doubt. This is our, we're going to do a weekly Ted Lasso That's plug something. on the show. If you're not watching it, yeah, watch it is it. universally appealing. <laughs> this is, Ted Lasso is like what Schitt's Creek was 
a year or two ago where it was out and then people were like, have you, uh, and then everybody was like, have you not seen this yet? Oh, uh, great. Great. Nice. 10 oh. out of 10 will probably cry. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, okay. We're like, we can't, if we keep liking Ted Lasso, people are going to forget this is about not a, Ted Lasso is not our show, right. by the way. We are not sponsored by Ted Lasso or Apple TV. So please watch Are You Afraid of Burlesque instead of Ted Lasso on Saturday, October 23rd at 8 p.m. Central. But who would you play in the Ted Lasso burlesque show? <laughs> oh, shit. I, I can't even Look. <laughs> Look. I'm, so I'm debating on, on who I want to go as for Halloween. I'm kind of thinking either Rebecca or Keely. But in the Ted Lasso burlesque, I would want to play Jamie fucking Tartman. <laughs> I would want, I would shave my eyebrow. I would oh get my the, God. like, first of all, Jamie Tart looks like a lesbian. Like, I want Jamie Tart as he's my girlfriend. He's got the slick back hair. Yes, he's got the, the like, cut. mushroom cut with the undershave. I'm like, why are you the hottest woman, <laughs> Jamie Tart? Uh, so that is the part that I would want. Oh, my girlfriend. I haven't watched it. Who would you cast me as? Oh. Ooh, oh. coach. I'm going to say coach. Coach? I'm going to say coach. Lasso or beard? Coach beard. Coach beard? You could be a good beard. Is that a good thing? That is a good thing. He's Great. very he's very reserved, but he's very pithy, and I think it would work. I think it would still work. Nice. What song would your character strip to? Oh my god, something like Sexy and I Know It, probably. <laughs> yeah, right. That is a very good His football chant is Jamie Todd, do 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 do, Jamie Todd, do 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 So it would have to start with Baby Shark slash the Jamie Todd chant and then into like a Sexy and I Know It or something similarly cocky. I know so many DJs and I feel like that would go over bananas. Oh my god, the Sexy and I Know It Baby Shark Jamie Tart remix. <laughs> you, you said it first. I said here. it first. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay, so we're not plugging Ted Lasso. We're plugging the eventual, <laughs> the eventual Ted, Ted Lasso nerdlesque show. <laughs> yes. I love Date it. Date TVD. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all remember the names. Foxy LaFleur, Minnie Bart, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. See Are You Afraid of Burlesque online next week, October 23rd. Get your tickets, 6 p.m. Central, and it's going to be on gather.town. This has been another episode of What's Good Radio. I'm, as always, your host, Chris Pennant, a.k.a. Jumping Spider, a.k.a. Jake Stanley. Find us on anchor.fm slash what's good radio one. That's what's good radio and the number one. And on Twitter at Quandary Kitten. That's K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y Kitten. As always, thank you to the Bradley University Barbecue Kitten Improv Troupe. Until next time, folks, be good and do great things. We're out. The What's Good Radio theme was written and produced by Marcel Ayers. Find more of his music online at soundcloud.com slash CEL Lucky Menace. Listen to every episode of What's Good Radio on anchor.fm slash what's good radio one.